In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Good morning. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 44th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. It's the offseason. It's kind of a dead period before the Falcons go to the NFL Scouting Combine next week, February the 27th through March the 5th for the athletic testing and interviewing process of the nation's top 326 prospects. The Falcons will be in Indy in full force, and the AJC will be there too, interviewing Thomas Dimitrov, Coach Dan Quinn, and some of the top prospects in the nation. We have identified five players on the Falcons' radar list for that first-round pick. Georgia offensive guard Isaiah Wynn. We wrote a lot about him during the Senior Bowl. You can Google that online and get the video and the stories from the Combine on Isaiah Wynn. Ohio State center guard, two-time All-American center Billy Price, 6'4", 312 pounds, a Remington Award winter winner. He'd fit nicely at guard for the Falcons and then maybe be an heir apparent to Alex Mack at center down the road. Michigan defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, 6'2", 282 pounds. Agile, a uh, big fella there from the Wolverines. He's uh, from Massachusetts, Xavier High. A uh, big guy for him. Also, Washington defensive tackle Vita V, 6'5", 340 pounds. Just massive. He would be your Don Terry Poe replacement if the Falcons are not able to retain him during the free agency period. Also, Auburn guard Brandon Smith, 6'6", 303 pounds from Kansas. Tough blocker with 82 career pancake blocks. So those are five guys we'll go up to. Indianapolis wanting to learn more about and how they fit with the Falcons. Uh, be, before they go into free agency. Now, you got to play the draft off of free agency. If they sign a guard in free agency, then you can go look defense in the draft. If they uh, keep Poe and don't sign a veteran guard, Norwell, uh, Eric Pugh, uh, a couple of guys that could break free. We saw Josh Sitton break free um, y- yesterday. So, you know, we got to watch the uh, veteran linemen uh, group two because uh, Thomas Dimitrov noted that you know college linemen aren't coming into the league ready to play anymore with all these spread offenses and so forth. So I think they'd rather spend that money on uh, a veteran and then go defense in the draft. But we'll see how that unfolds over the next few weeks, starting with the combine up in Indianapolis. Also, yesterday, our second item, you know, just to give you the roadmap for today. On the Bowtie Chronicles, we open with the Combine. Uh, we're going to look at the franchise tag and Ryan Suckup's uh, deal and how that affects Matt Bryant. 
Doug Martin was cut by Tampa Bay. And we did a special teams breakdown, given the fact that uh, Eric Talovich was released and not retained, and the Falcons have a new assistant special teams coach. And uh, wanted to look at the special teams to see uh, if we could find where some of the cracks were. And then salary cap casualties. That'll be our blog at the Cover 9 at 9. That'll be um, posted today, and we look at some of the issues there. So we'll go back up to Ryan Suckup. Tennessee signed him to a five-year, $20 million deal. Uh, and the Falcons, you know, uh, PFT postulated that they would – uh, their only candidate to franchise tag would be Matt Bryan at $5 million a year. Uh, they don't want to pay that much for for the kicker. Uh, you know, so I don't think uh, when you look at what he's been making, that would be a, a double at age 42. And, uh, you know, Suckup's 31. He's going to be around for a while. Uh, he's making uh, 8.2.5 in the first two years of the contract. So, really, it's a four. Point four million dollar plus contract, but I'm sure the Falcons could work something out with Matt Bryant. Uh, just may have gotten more expensive with this deal out of Tennessee. Now the Bucks cut the running back uh, Doug Martin, who was drafted in 2012 out of Boise State. Yesterday, it was pretty clear they were moving in a new direction. He wasn't dependable or reliable, and uh, Peyton Barber. Uh, was their leading rusher last year from uh, the young kid from Alpharetta and Auburn. Uh, I don't know if he's a guy that uh, – he's probably a committee guy, and they'll have to draft somebody to go along with Peyton down there. But Doug Martin played seven games against the Falcons in his troubled career uh, with PED suspensions uh, littered throughout, ran for 1,400 yards as a rookie, but never could quite capture – uh, that magic again. Uh, he had only one 100-yard game against the Falcons. Uh, he was 4-3 and three in games against the Falcons. So he wasn't a Falcon killer, but uh, a guy that they had to plan for for the last few years when they were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see how he lands. Uh, you know, it's one. Of, he's another running back in my group that I'm keeping track of, of how the league's treating running backs these days. Uh, you know, no longer, uh, you know, um, you know, do they or they committed to him for a long time. And even when they signed him uh, uh, to his big deal, wasn't that big. But uh, we'll we'll keep track of that in light of um, uh, what happened in Washington and uh, what with Alfred Morris. And, uh, you know, they ran him in the ground for four years and then didn't want to pay him. And he ends up in Dallas and he's a backup now. We'll see where Martin goes. Uh, that'll be important for us, for Freeman and Coleman over the next few years. So we, we, we keep track of how the league's changed in drafting and their treatment of the running backs, uh, you know, with the backdrop of the Falcons, uh, you know, signing Steven Jackson late in his career and giving him $3 million to try to, to do it on the cheap that way. So, you know, we we there's been a shift in how they handle running backs, and we'll just keep – track of that over time as it'll be important when Coleman comes up in a couple years we already saw the Falcons pay Freeman and uh, we'll see how they're going to try to pay both of them moving forward so running back heap foul look for Doug Martin see where he ends up and how much less money he's going to be making with his new team 
Now we uh, the special teams breakdown was important. The teams lapsed. They were in the bottom half of the league last year. So the fact that there were some changes on the staff uh, was not surprising. But uh, you know they they that's the probably that one area that they could lift up real quick, make the team a lot better. Uh, get the special teams better and improve in the red zone, and uh, defense continues to get better. You, you're right back in the hunt here. So on special teams breakdown, there was two key things that jumped out. Uh, he had five players playing over 200 snaps, uh, with Sherrod, Sherrod Neesman playing 184, uh, C.J. Goodwin 217, but he, he left you know near the end of the season uh, when he couldn't contribute on the defense. Uh, was cut and picked up by Arizona. Uh, so those guys, they would have been, they would have contended. I'm thinking those were split snaps there. Um, they would have contended for the top spot. But the top spot went to Kamal Ishmael at 336 special team snaps. So he's a very valuable reserve and special teamer. And I'm sure his agent will bring that, uh, his agent Drew Rosenhaus will bring that to the table when they negotiate uh, with him. Uh, for an extension or a contract to keep him out of uh, unrestricted free agency. Second special teamer was Derek Coleman, who had 15 special teams tackles, 268 snaps. Uh, you know, certainly want to um, – I think you want to keep him around. He's a free agent. Um, and you get you got enough room with all the receivers that they have to, to add a – a second fullback that can help in short yardage situations or make one of the tight ends to H-back something. They got to do something in short yardage. But I like Coleman's 15 tackles, so I would keep him as, uh, you know, hopefully, and, uh, you know, with the notion that we get a better short yardage fullback or option there, tight end, if it's Poe, or tight end or somebody that can uh, lead block and get three yards whenever you need it. Demonte Casey was third with uh, 247 snaps as a rookie on special teams. They really like his range and explosiveness, and we'll see if he uh, can come in and earn him some more playing time in uh, next season there. Uh, he certainly played well when he got on the field. And then there was Goodwin at 217 and Neesman at 184 off to the side. The other 200 play guy was Eric Serbert, the tight end. Uh, from Drake, the rookie tight end, he got out there 212 times. And uh, there's room for improvement at the tight end spot. And uh, if he can get better, that'll only push uh, Hooper and, uh, you know, help out Levine Toilolo also. So special teams breakdown, you know, you had Coleman on the tackles. Bosher and Bryant were good. Andre Roberts were your return guy. Was victimized by a lot of penalties, but, I, you know, I'd like to – have him back probably on a you know a decent contract. I don't think you break the bank on him, and then you maybe draft a speedster or two to compete at, at that spot. But uh, yeah, special teams breakdown didn't look good last year. Uh, bottom of the pack, twenty second in the uh, Rick Goslin ratings, and that foreshadowed the departure of assistant special teams coach Eric Salatolovich. So. Lastly here, you know, it's that time of the year where, you you know, you got to get better. Uh, the Falcons, uh, salary cap-wise, uh, you know, 
Give it up to our owner, Arthur Blank. He spends the money. He doesn't sit on it like the Bengals and some of these other teams around the league. He's trying to compete and go for Super Bowls, and it's pretty clear how the Falcons spend their money. So, uh, you know, for years that was a problem, uh, not only here but in a lot of other places. But Arthur Blank spends the salary cap. He doesn't worry about the floor or the ceiling. Uh, you know, well, he worries about the ceiling. He can't go over, but he doesn't worry about the floor that much. Uh, but he tries to get the most competitive team out there on the field. They only had $12 million available right now, uh, but they can cut cut some salary and, and get down to uh, – I cut, I cut a lot here yesterday, and this was without doing Matt Ryan's deal. Uh, you cut Levitre, <clears throat> that would save you $7 million. Brooks Reed, 3.6. Matt Schaub, 3.25. Unlikely. Derek Shelby, 3.2, an unlikely cut two. Uh, wide receiver Muhammad Sanu, 3.1, unlikely cut, of course. And uh, Levine Toilolo, 2.5. Those are the top six. If you wanted to cut, there was somebody out there that you wanted to get. Uh, you know, 10.6 is your starter with Levitre and Reed. Uh, Shaw, you throw the other guys in there, that's 9-11. Uh, that's another twelve million, so you can get you know about twenty two under, and then you know if you can redo Matt Ryan's deal and get his number down from nineteen point two five to seven, or if you can get it down to ten, depending on the um, you know signing bonus and option bonus scenario that Joe Corey laid out for us last week, then you know you got some cash all of a sudden. You got the twelve million that's sitting there. You got the twenty-two right here, and then you got Matt Ryan's ten. And uh, you know, just do some quick math there. That's twenty-two. That's forty-four million under the cap to make some moves with. Uh, you know, those teams like Cleveland and the Jets and uh, a lot of those people that are stockpiling cash, they're going to be able to run at some of your players. So, if you want to keep Poe and you got to get rid of some of these other guys to do it. It can be done, and uh, Nick Folk, Nick Nick Polk, is in the office working these numbers for the Falcons and handling their contracts and so forth. So uh, you know, if they want to go after Norwell, they can. If they want to go after Pew, they can. Uh, you know, they're going to be some guards. I think you know they tipped the hand about how uh, Dimitrov viewed the guards coming out of the draft, and you've seen them sit linemen for a whole year where they set Wes Schweitzer for a whole year. They set Sean Harlan for a whole year uh, to give them a chance to get acclimated to pro ball. And, uh, you know, Schweitzer, can, he can only go up. And uh, we'll see what Sean Harlan can do uh, next year. I don't know if he's ready to be a starter. But uh, they certainly have to do something with the interior of the passing pocket. So, you know, going into – this free agency combine draft period, free agency will be up first. So they'll have to move on some of their own players here in the next couple of weeks, and they'll have to move into the marketplace. I think it's March the 12th is when the legal tampering period starts. So I wouldn't cut Levitre. I think he's earned the right to stay here, but not at that cap number. Um, you know, I think you can cut it down, maybe do an extension with him where you give him the same amount of money but slide it over the next two years, take your hit two years down the road when he's 36 and uh, is either a backup reserve or, 
or, um, you know, done playing. But if he wants to keep going, I try to keep him and, and cut his numbers. I don't see where you keep Reed, uh, you know, unless you lose Claiborne because, you know, Tack McKinley's going to take over those those snaps at a defensive end next year. So I don't think you get to keep Reed and Claiborne. Right here we're, we're thinking Claiborne uh, at a good number. But if he goes, if Cleveland gives him a lot of money or somebody gives him a lot of money, then you still got Reed. So you can make that work too. Uh, but that's where we are here, 44th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Let's review today. Combine's coming up, fired up. We'll be up there in Indianapolis for you, putting up videos, stories, blogs. We'll get to the bottom of which running back's going first, Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb from the University of Georgia. We'll get to the bottom of the pass rushers, Lorenzo Carter and Devin Bellamy, uh, for you too while we're up there. Uh, the kicker situation, Ryan Suckup's deal, does it affect Matt Bryant? Goodbye to Doug Martin, a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer out of Boise State. He wasn't a Falcon killer, but he was one of their marquee players since 2012. We gave you a special teams breakdown and then addressed the salary cap casualties or potential casualties. I don't think it's going to be like 2013 around here where they got rid of Michael Turner, John Abraham, and then there was uh, another one in there. Dante Robinson saved $10 million that year when they did the salary cap casualty uh, dump. Uh, Abraham went on to play another year, so that was a mistake. Turner didn't play. He had a couple tryouts, and then I think Robinson was done too. So they probably cut him at the right time. At least uh, they maybe could have had another year, could have squeezed another year out of Abraham. I think they could have kept Turner too for short yardage. They would go on the struggle in the red zone and short yardage uh, since Michael Turner's uh, been gone pretty much. But that's what we had here today for you on the 44th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We'll be back with you next Wednesday from Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium where the combine will be taking place. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons right here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. And we appreciate it if you download the podcast and subscribe. Take care and have a great week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.